Hey everybody, I get this question a lot, so I'm going to go ahead and answer it right now. Uh, what is Sci-Fi Super Show? Well, science, it's science fiction, superheroes, some fantasy stuff. Basically, contents from movies, TV, books, comic books. If you have a topic or an idea you, th- you think we should cover in the podcast, or you see something cool online you want to share with some like-minded friends, then uh, come on down to Sci-Fi Super Show on Facebook. Check us out. Welcome to Our Certain Point of View, where your hosts, Jim and Tim, will bring you new weekly discussions about the Star Wars universe. Our Certain Point of View is a fan-based podcast and has no connections with Disney, Lucasfilm, or any of their subsidiaries. Hello, everyone, and welcome to tonight's exciting, and it is exciting because I saw this episode, and this episode was fantastic, episode of Our Certain Point of View. I'm Jim. Hello there, I'm Tim, and I want to point out real quick before uh, before it. Jim talks too much uh, that as great as as this conversation that Jim and I are going to have is going to be, uh, this is a Bad Batch recap episode, so he's talking about the fantastic Bad Batch episode, not the fantastic Our Certain Point of View episode, which we hope you'll think is fantastic too, but we're not, uh, well, we're not tooting our own horns before we record the episode. Oh no, I, guess I checked <laughs> with the Time Variance Authority, and this is going to be right. our best episode Oh, we can talk about that, too. Did you watch that? Loki? Of course I did. Okay, cool. I, I honestly, oh, that's right. We we'll talked about that. As much as I love Star Wars, and I do love Star Wars more than Marvel, I think I look forward to Loki as much... I can't, not, a, not more, but as much as I look forward to Bad Batch. It, it is a... So, awesome. Loki is not... Yeah, well, Loki's an awesome show... Um, they're different types of shows. I mean, it's intended to tell a big story, and you're yeah. you're really, really, really left wondering. Um, Bad Batch is is great, but it's it's you know that Loki is like well, we only have what four more episodes of Loki, but it's that long episodes. It's yeah, and it's extremely well done. It is extremely well done, and it gets into questions like predestination and stuff like that. I love that stuff. Yeah. That stuff just makes me so happy. Um, yeah. To just contemplate on what what is time, uh, chaos theory, and how it applies to the universe. If we're all just can be broken down to equations, and can those equations be solved? Do we have free will? Two plus two must always equal four. Is that true? Blah, blah, blah. I love that stuff. Um but we're talking about Bad Batch. This is episode 85 of our certain point of view, and it is Bad Batch season two, uh, one. Uh, season two. Getting ahead of myself. Season one, episode eight, Reunion. Um, yeah. But first, today is Friday, June 18th. And yeah, Tim is. has some news, I believe. Tim, we got some news. Um, we're not going to give all the specifics yet, but if you follow any of our social medias occasionally, coming up soon, you are going to see some, uh, some links pop up. Um, where we're going to try to have some open conversations with some of the listeners. So we'll post these links. When we do it, we'll post it onto Facebook, onto Twitter. Um, you know, I think we still have an Instagram, Jim. Uh, are you aware of that? <laughs> I, 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 if so, I don't know I keep getting uh, I keep getting notifications on my phone that that there are uh, Instagram things that we should be following. And when I look at it, it says, our uh, oh, certain point of view on the top. And I'm like, oh, we have Gordon. an Instagram. Um, we'll also post it onto... Yeah. Sorry. I was just going to say, Gordon's big on uh, TikTok. I mean, I use Facebook a lot, and that's kind of it. So well, and I've got some really good stuff. Yeah, I know. I know you're on Facebook. Hmm. Um, but the... Yeah. Well, I do a lot of the Twitter conversations. Um, our TikTok has a little over 800 followers. Once we hit that 1,000 mark... Um, we can start to go live on that app, uh, which will be kind of cool. We'll just be able to jump on live every now and then and talk to people there too. But uh, we're working on a, a different app that's going to let us go live faster. So those links are going to show up. You're going to check them out and see where we're at. And uh, it'll be cool. Um, Heck yeah. Beyond that, uh, because our certain point of view, Force Lore Comics aren't quite enough for me. And I talked about this on, on our Force Lore Comics episode earlier this week. Um, Jim's a... Uh, 
helping Gordon out over at the Rift. Jim's got some stuff that he's doing, and uh, we're all... Well, I would say we're all connected pretty carefully through Star Wars and through through music. We all kind of have a, a deep passion for music, and uh, I've decided that I'm going to start having some conversations um, about some oldies music, and that podcast is going to be releasing in the next few weeks, and, uh, well, you'll hear a lot about that pretty soon. Um, Yay! Yeah. Do we have a delay going on? I don't think so. Oh, that's good. Because <laughs> uh, we were kind of so. talking over each other before. I like oldies. As a matter of fact, on the riff, I'm going to be uh, talking a lot about Otis Redding. Um, Ooh, yeah. I love Otis Redding. He's on my list. Yes. You realize he died at age 26? I, I didn't know that until I was doing this research. Um, yeah. Holy cow, man. Talk about like prolific in such a short amount of time. Um, yeah, he was only 26 years old when he uh, died in a plane crash. But anyway, he'll be on my episode of The Rift. And while we're talking about The Rift, do you have any other news? Because I might break to commercial. Uh, no. Well, in that case, um, before we head into countdowns, here is a word from, uh, you might have heard of him, The Riff. Hey, this is Gordon from The Riff Radio Show Podcast, a radio show dedicated to the music of Generation X. We release a new show every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and we play music from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and we take your requests. And unlike the old days when you had to wait forever to get your request on your favorite radio show, I always put your requests on our Saturday morning all-request episode. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes of any episode and request a song. The Riff is only available on Spotify, so head on over today and subscribe. The Riff, only on Spotify. All right, and again, that was Gordon over at The Riff, available only on Spotify, as he says. And yeah, I'm on there on Tuesdays for Jim's Corner next uh, Tuesday. Well, I don't think I'm supposed to announce in advance what the shows are, and usually I don't know in advance. (laughs) But this week I actually did my stuff early. So I actually know what next week's show is about. Last week's show was about um, songs that outperformed uh, uh, the movies they're written for. So, yeah. Anyway, if you're interested in uh, music, uh, it's more, I, I say music history, it's more music trivia. And it, it focuses mainly on music of the 80s and 90s. Um, and I like to do some deeper cuts with the 50s and 60s, too. Anyway, I don't know why I avoid the 70s. But what are we talking about tonight? I think we're ready for well, countdowns. Well, the early, the early 70s has some real good stuff. I mean, the early 70s kind of bleeds over from the from the 50s and 60s stuff, but... Yeah. Um, we got some countdowns. Yeah, we're 11 days away from the next High Republic novel. And, oh, right. uh, I'm, I'm I've got mixed feelings about yeah, whether or not I'm excited about this. Um, <sighs> I'm, I'm right now I'm about 50-50 because we've had I'm two books excited. come out so far, and I really enjoyed one. And uh, I did not enjoy the other, so yeah, we're we're right in the middle there. Yeah. Um, we're listening to that thing at like three sp- times the speed or something. Yeah, it was, and we just got to that crazy. point. Where we're like, all right, we got to finish it and it. talk about it. But yeah. yeah, not the first one. The first one was first one was good. Yeah. Um, first one grabbed my attention and my interest. The second one kind of lost it. So yeah, yeah, we'll see how the third one does. But yeah, that's called The Rising Storm, and that comes out June 29th. And same day, a junior novel, also about the High Republic, called Race to Crash Point Tower, which I think is kind of yep. a follow-along story, right? It, it runs parallel to The Rising Storm, yeah. so it'll, have some, it'll likely have some younger characters um, that are going through the same events or that are observing or witnessing the same events as The Rising Storm. So if you've got a younger one who can't quite keep up with the big novels... But they are readers of you know the the younger kids chapter books. Um, that's a that's a good one to pick up. Shortly after that, um, which is a month, thirty nine days away from today is a young adult novel called "Out of the Shadows," the um, also Republic. a High Republic, yep. yeah. and that's the last of the High Republic announcements we have for a while. Um, which, like I said, I'm not I'm not anti High Republic, but I'm not. As, as excited with them as I am with the other stuff. I mean, right now, and I, we've said it before, but I'm going to say it again, the War of the Bounty Hunters is going on in uh, the comic book universe right now, except for the High Republic, which probably doesn't help the High Republic for me because the War of the Bounty Hunters is so great. So, yeah, and then you've got so the High got... Republic books where you're like, I don't even want to read these right now. I want to read the War of the Bounty Hunters books. They're well, so awesome. That 
the Vader comics that were coming out at the same time, but they're on hiatus until October, is that right? No. When's the next Vader comic come out? Uh, in a couple of days. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, next like, week, two weeks? Yeah, so the Bounty Hunter, uh, Vader series, and Bad Batch, these are all things I'm excited about, and yeah, they definitely kind of push... The yeah the yeah. High Republic stuff away. It's like yeah. um, I mean if if we were at a point where there wasn't any days. Star Wars out there, um then yeah I would probably be like well High Republic's you know got some stuff in it, but we've got but there's kind of so plenty of much. Star Wars yeah. And just to clarify um, what Jim was talking about, so the War of the Bounty Hunters. If you haven't heard about that yet, if you're just tuning into us for the first time, um, the War of the Bounty Hunters is a tie-in comic book series, meaning all of the Star Wars books that are out there, not all of them, but a collection of Star Wars books that are out there are all focused on the same story from the different and comic books point of view. So the yeah they are. The uh, Bounty Hunters book, the main Star Wars book, the Darth Vader book and the Doctor Aphra books are all part of the War of the Bounty Hunters series. Um, so the next Darth Vader and this this whole series runs through the end of October, but the next Darth Vader book is 5 days from now on uh, June 23rd, which is probably, not definitely, but probably, probably the day that we will record about Star Wars issue number 14, which came out two days ago. So that's that's where we're at. All right. Well, what's yeah. next on our countdown? Next on our countdown is a collection of short stories oh. called The Life Day Treasury. They're uh, like short holiday stories. Um, mm. from around the Star Wars universe, so that'll be interesting to read. Um, and see the types of holidays that they're, they're creating for the Star Wars universe. Um, and there's also a visual history reference book coming out. Um, can I fly through these books? Yeah, just do it. Okay. Um, we've got a replica journal, which is going to be pretty cool, September 14th, 88 Days Away, which is a Rebel Hero Journal is what it's called. About uh, Ahsoka, Leia, and Rey, so that'll be a that'll be a neat book. There's a novel coming out which I'm pretty excited about called Ronin. Um, and if you are interested in the Star Wars novels, I suggest you look that up because it does look pretty cool. Uh, it's the next novel available that is not High Republic. Uh, yeah. We recently had a Thrawn novel come out earlier this spring, so there are novels out there. Like the those. next actual novel is Thrawn Ascendancy. Um, Lesser Evil, which comes out in 151 days. And I skipped over another young adult novel, Queen's Hope, which focuses on Padme. Um, so for our... Well, I've got a daughter who is going to be excited about this because the Replica Journal, the Queen's Hope, the junior novel we mentioned earlier, those are all... Um, I hope the Queen's Hope. It's a young adult novel. She's... Might be a little young for that. We'll see. Um, after that is Wookiee Life Day. We're excited about November 17th, 152 days away. Yay. And the Book of Bubba Fett, which right now is rumored to come out on Christmas Day. Uh, Christmas Day is 190 days away. And that'll be on Disney+. Plus. So, you ready? Right on. Something awesome right happened. What? Th what? This episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't countdowns? change the director. Are we done with countdowns? Um, director's good, but I think the people who wrote it are usually the most important when it comes to credits with these. Um, oh, so, yeah, we're talking about episode 8, um, Reunion. This came in at 26 minutes, including credits, so really about 23 minutes. Uh, 22 minutes. I think it's 4 minutes of credits, usually. Um, <clears throat> so slightly longer than some of the previous episodes. So, Which is good. We've stopped the trend. Yeah. Because that was getting scary. Yeah, we were hemorrhaging. It was bad. And this one was written by Christian Taylor. Now, we've talked yeah. about Christian Taylor before because he did some of the greatest episodes ever of Star Wars. Um, and specifically of Clone Wars, he did The Altar of Mortis. Which, uh, Fifteen episodes he did. Uh -huh. um, no, he did the Ilum episodes. Ilum. Um, with Ahsoka and the Padawans. Oh uh, yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah, so he did a number of things. I'll tell you what, I looked, I looked deep into the episodes. 
them. Yes. Well, and that's what I found interesting because yeah. I looked in, I looked deep into the stuff that he's done and tried to really reread the episodes. There were fifteen of them. He also did uh, four episodes ago. He did cornered um, for Bad Batch. But when I was looking at his Clone Wars episodes, I was really, really expecting to see one particular character pop up, and he did not write any of the episodes with that particular character. Crow. No. <laughs> Who? Um, well, this guy we're going to talk about in a, in a little bit here. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we do have yeah, a... Hey. Yeah, now, so, so should we get into it? So this episode is written by Christian Taylor. Again, a guy who's added a lot to lore. He showed us uh, Padawans, how they get their crystals, and how they make their first lightsabers, and who was the collector of wisdom of all that. And he showed yeah. us Mortis, which introduced us to the true like dark side, light side stuff. And now he's in Bad Batch, and he writes this episode, Reunion. And it was and directed by that... Stuart Lee, who's done a number of these episodes so far. I think he's done half of them. Half? I, th- um, I think so. I, I didn't look at it exactly, but I think it's been... I think him and Saul Ruiz are really, like, splitting a lot of them. Well, so. Anyhow. are we ready to, to get into it? Let's do it. So we start out, and... Um, yeah, there's some there's some stuff in this we predicted. I mean, most people predicted. Uh, we knew that when the Scrappers contacted the Empire that probably meant Crosshair would get involved. And so we start out with confirming that idea. So we're finally getting to see Crosshair again. So there's one meaning of the word reunion. Um, but we also do get another character later that was like, oh, my gosh. So Yeah, we do. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we start off with uh, um, Crosshair is on Camino. Flying in the Camino, and uh, Admiral Rampart's in there talking to, uh, I always forget that guy's name, the head of Camino. Prime Minister. It's not Lama Su. Is that Lama Su? Lama Su and Nala Se. That's... Nala Se. Yeah, so that was Lama, Lama Su. So yeah. we learned something interesting here. Um, first of all, Crosshair's like, you know, people in Braca have seen, uh, you know, we got information. He's like, send a squad. He's like, oh, no. It's dun 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 Clone Force ninety nine, and Which this honestly, is where Lamasu. Hmm? It would have been nice if he walked right in and said, "Clone Force ninety nine has been found." Yeah, well, no, <laughs> we gotta have some drama, and yeah. uh, Lamasu's like, "Well, we should capture them alive." There's Lama highly Sue, skilled there'll assets. There'll be days like this. There'll be days like and, this. Uh, Lama Sue. Yeah. Admiral Rampart does not care. He does He's not a, terminate them. If you see them, terminate them. He's not interested in rogue. Uh, yeah, terminate them. Um, yeah. So we do find something interesting out here. Well, not yet, because then we go no, back to yet. Braca. Yeah, we're right under Braca, and we are going to disassemble... A thermal explosive? A thermal explosive. This is pretty fun. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, Rekker's so teaching it's, Omega... And it's they, the Wrecker and Omega friendship again. I love it, man. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. So he's got uh, one set up with the wires out, and he said, all right, I'm going to give you ten seconds to disarm this. He said, wait a minute, what? I've only seen it once. And he's like, nine. <laughs> Eight. <laughs> and she's she's freaking out. She's trying to. He doesn't stop the countdown. Does she successfully disarm it? She does not. She does not. As a matter of fact, they get down Boom, to poof. Yeah, the thing starts beeping faster, and Wrecker's like, run! I, I love this. And so she's yeah. cowering, and then it explodes. <clears throat> but it's just a and little bit. Do, you know, do you know when she should have known? When? She should have known when Wrecker ran away from her. That's true. He would never have done it that. Did, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, not a chance would he first. have done that. That's a... Uh, that's how you. That's how you know, because it's not. Wrecker would not have run if there were anyone that wasn't going to get away. I. Yeah. I think. I think Wrecker would be one to to dive onto a grenade. Yeah, he definitely is. You know, he's he's that he's that <clears throat> guy. Anyway, um, but it was nothing. Wrecker's just laughing at her now, right? Yeah, it was a small bomb. But yeah. he was serious. He's like, there's a lot of old ordnance in this place. You need to know how to disarm it. And it turns out he's right about that. Yeah. And Echo tells oh. him, hey. Yeah. There's more. What? 
So it turns out the original plan was apparently, we talked about this last episode, that we're like, well, you know where to find us, so I guess they're going back to Sid. It seems like their plan was not to go back to Sid. No, it is. They, they keep talking about having to pay her off. But I don't think that Echo that was their... even says to him, uh, um, we could have gone with uh, Rex, and Hunter said, no, we couldn't, we got to go back to Sid. No, he said, he, all he said was, that's not our path. Well, yeah, um, but I mean, because it seemed yeah. here when they were talking about this, at at this moment, um, when the well, it was actually a few minutes later. It was right after this. He says we should leave, and he said, "Well, we need money." Yeah, and there was well, no there. because they as they're walking back to the cruiser, Echo tells them Hunter wants us back on the cruiser, but what happens on the way back? Um, they very casually and very coolly notice that they're being watched. And I loved this scene of them walking. Yeah, they Um, see the reflection off the scrapper's binox. Yeah, we have eyes. And he says, I see them. (laughs) I'm like, they both just know. Um, And I I really liked that. I thought it was hilarious. And they they identified correctly that there's three of them. They take off trying to catch them. They stun two of them. I like that they're stunning them. Uh, but they missed the yes. third guy. He's able to get on the transport, and of course, Record jumps on and is hanging on. And this guy's trying to get him up. And uh, they radio in Hunter, so he knows what's going on. I love Tech's line here. Do you remember what Tech said? They radio back to Hunter and Tech, and they're like, uh, "Oh, when, well, when Omega rappers. said that, uh, Hunter said, or uh, Record Record said he's got it under control." Yeah, and Tech says, "That's not comforting," <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> I like I like that, because and sure enough, Wrecker is just hanging on as this guy flies yeah. him around the junkyard and tries to bump him off. Now, what I did think was hilarious was they end up uh, they end up stunning one of the other. Uh, which one was it? Was it Hunter? Somebody sees him and stuns the pilot of this craft. Um, that was still that was I think was that was that Echo? Echo. Yeah. Did you think that guy lived? Not a chance. Uh, no, but they show him later, so he must have. I know, but yeah, I was they, like, there's no way. Like, yeah, why would they like, even go looking him? for him? <laughs> yeah, they stunned him. He wrecks, and then he falls off a cliff. And then the next scene is them <laughs> piling all three of them together. And they're yeah. like, uh, you know, they'll wake up eventually or whatever. And this is where they say what you said. Uh, what right, this is where about. they say they're we like, should we, leave. We need and to we... go. So this was, this was my point. It's like, we should leave. And he's like, well, yeah. we need money. And he wasn't yep. saying... Like, the concept of, like, you're right, we should leave, let's get back to Sid and we'll get a job and make some money. He had no, other it's plans. There. You, you're forgetting, because well, later he keeps saying, this is enough to pay off her debt to Sid. Like, they don't right. have any intention of stiffing her, it looks like. They're getting I don't this. think they planned on stiffing her, but I don't know that they were going back there. It seemed like they wanted to hang out here a little longer. Well, um, I, until they were spotted. I I got the impression that they wanted to pay off their debt to Sid so they could be free. But either way, they, it seemed pretty clear that Hunter's wait, wait, intention wait. was to go back to Sid. What debt do they have to her? I don't know, because they ended up making a little more money, because that was what they were... I guess they, they owe her money now, because every time they do a job, they get a little bit in the hole, it seems like. Right, but, she, but she paid them. Yeah, but my guess is they burned through that money pretty quick. And then owed her more. Right, but, but but what money do they owe her if she's paying them? I, well, like I, I, I said, I, I'm guessing, so she gave him like three credits or something ridiculous, so my guess is by the time they fueled up to go on this mission, they owed her money again. Yeah, well, this wasn't a her mission, so. Well, exactly. <clears throat> so, like, yeah. everything they're doing right here is, they're, who's paying for that? Sid is, because she didn't pay, or, yeah, she didn't pay him enough from the last job to do all the stuff they're doing right now. But he's got so an it's idea. Kind of a, a company town type, uh, you know. They used to say that the company town sold my soul to the company store type stuff. Um, I think that's what's going on. So yeah, Hunter clearly wants to go back with Sid, if for no, no other reason than to, to pay her off. Um, yeah. And he's like, "Look, we, there's enough weaponry left over in these old ships." He even gives a reason. I'm like, "Why would that be?" And he says, "Because the they're, the scrappers are afraid to get them because the the Tyanogas." So they confirmed that that was a Dianoga again. Yeah, um, which the scrappers weren't afraid to just hang out there and take shots and fly around and everything. I didn't. I honestly didn't like that. I don't think that a ship's worth of proton torpedoes make, would have been left. 
I think it would have made more sense if they had said, you know, there's so many ships that they just don't have time that right. they haven't gotten even, this one yet. Even the power core, like to take the, the power systems out of this thing for new ships. Yeah, the fact that the ships can fire up, that's that's crazy. Um, yeah, so like some of that didn't didn't make a whole and I know that, that they I know the that Rex intentionally Well that's what I'm saying. Rex intentionally found a ship that was available to them to use. Yeah. He didn't just go, oh, there's a Jedi cruiser, I guess. Like, I, he, you know, he knew what he was looking for. He found one that was working, um, yeah. But it still was like, that. but but for the weapons to be there, for that reason, <laughs> and, and for the amount of money that they're talking about, you know, and they're all just walking around. Like, at the end of the episode, they're just walking around with the stuff, leaving, I mean, they're running away from people, but they're still like, running across the field or yard or whatever. Yeah, they're out so, in the open. Dianoga wasn't uh, that There's a lot of tension in this episode between Echo and Hunter, though. Um, I think is. Echo's... And this, it, actually, and this makes sense, because it's ever since Echo saw Rex, yes. who was one of his closest friends. Um, yep. So this makes sense that Echo would be you know, more affected by this and be thinking about joining Rex and maybe helping the... the uh, the Rebel Alliance uh, against the Empire, um, whereas Hunter is very dismissive. He's like, oh, we we need to clear our debt with Sid, and uh, you know these weapons will do that." And Echo's like, "We're not weapon smugglers; we're soldiers." And Hunter basically says something along the lines of, "We do what we have to do now. We're we're opportunists now." The Republic no longer exists. Yeah. In other words, yeah, like they were soldiers for the Republic, but the Republic doesn't exist. We're not soldiers for the Republic anymore. The yep. Republic's gone. Um, and, and that was... Texas... Uh, the, huh? I was saying, that's... a that's it, It's really important to see how everybody is viewing yeah. the situation. Like, um, Rex sees fighting for the Republic means joining the rebels. It sounds like Echo's starting to agree with him. Echo's running that way, which, which makes sense. Um, we don't have a whole lot out of tech... Or Wrecker. So Wrecker just kind of go with whatever everybody's doing. He doesn't care. Yeah. And um, I don't think Tech cares either. Like, when and, he's asked to describe the Clone Wars, I think that tells you everything you need to know about That tells tech. you a lot about him. Yeah, he's yeah. not interested in good or bad or whatever. He's got whatever his mission is, whatever his orders are, and he's going to follow it's them. A, well, it's you his know, team. Good soldiers follow orders. Well, that's what I mean. It's his team. I don't think it's his orders. Um, right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Team. But he's got... Yeah. Yep. I, I will say, once again, the artwork in this is absolutely fantastic. Oh, um, yes. These scenes on this derelict cruiser, the just the, the attention to detail, I've got to pause right now, I'm looking at it, where they have the three guards just laid in a corner um, and on the outside of the ship. It, it, it is a gorgeous piece of artwork. Um, I mean, it's kind of sad, but <laughs> the art is amazing. But yeah, there's more than just weapons on the ship they can sell. What is yeah? What, what is tech like? Hey, what is, there's also they information. They haven't fully erased the uh, the the intel on the ship. Apparently, my understanding is like they did the empty the garbage can thing, but of course, until you overwrite that data, the data's still there. Right. And that's my that's my interpretation of how tech describes it is that they did. You know, delete the information, but then they never overwrote what they deleted, so it's still technically there if you know how to get it. And of yeah. course, tech does. So yep. while tech it's is up on the bridge, on getting the power systems on, the rest of the uh, guys go down to the uh, the weapons bay, and uh, uh, Wrecker's loving it. Yeah. What's that guy getting? Well, first he sees some thermals, right? When yeah, Omega's gets, like, gets you're going to like this, detonators. right? Yeah. We get another little Omega wrecker moment. Um, and then he sees the big dogs. <laughs> yeah. Right? The proton torpedoes are all there. Um, that's what we were talking about earlier. This thing is almost fully stocked with proton torpedoes. Yeah. Um, Two of those will take out a Death Star, man. They're, they're big old nasty things. Um and uh, so that's it. Then, then shortly after, we get another one of those moments you were talking about with uh, yeah, this, what are we going to do. We, and this is a lot of the lines we, we said where uh, yeah. Hunter said, if, you know, for, you know, by the time we sell all this, uh, Sid will owe us for a change. And I like 
Echo's just like, you know, if we'd gone with Rex, we wouldn't have to owe Sid at all. And this is that line you mentioned, Hunter says, he's on a different path than us. So this is this is good insight into how these guys, like you said, are kind of uh, internalizing the fall of the Republic differently. Yeah. Well, and I liked his line here, too, because he says, because then that's when Echo says, we're soldiers. Yep. What other path yep. is there? Yep. Um, you know, we should be out there fighting the question is, you know, who should we be fighting for? Who should we be fighting against? Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think that Hunter's obviously doesn't have any love for the Empire. And I don't know if some of it is... I think he genuinely feels kind of anchorless. I mean, he doesn't know anything about the Rebellion, really. I mean, he just, I mean, he, he doesn't yeah. really know that much about Rex. Um, as a matter of fact, it was interesting... Uh, <sighs> Actually, no, I'm forgetting it. Was it Cody or Rex who did not know who the Bad Batch were at the end of the It was Rex. Yeah, so, yeah, they don't... That's right, because they don't like each other at first. Matter of fact, Wrecker picks up uh, Rex by the throat in in one of those episodes, and it's not till the end of the mission that they're like, okay, we like each other, and then that's that's it. They don't see each other again until this. Um, So, yeah. I like like that... uh, a couple things. Well, first, that when uh, Echo says that about, you know, it's, we're soldiers, um, that you can tell this actually does strike a chord with Hunter because when Echo walks off, Hunter just stands there. Like, he's yeah, yeah, deep pure, in thought. It's pure jealousy. <laughs> he's like, wait, wait wait a minute. I'm I'm your commander now. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing we I like really about this... We don't really think that everybody just... Yeah. No. All right. The other thing I like about this is we always see Omega paired up with Wrecker... And I like that they don't treat her like just, uh, uh, you know, someone they got to protect. They actually do use her because yes, Tech calls I like her. this he too. Says, yep. I need I need Omega up here on the bridge. And I love that. And she's like, copy that. <laughs> um, I like Omega. Usually kids yeah. are a little annoying. She, she and is an actual contributor to this team. She is. And I think that, that her, her being called was very specific. It was she's... Which was interesting, um, because I mean, technically, Echo would be a better choice for plugging yeah, for into what, a system. Yeah. But on the other side of that, she can't do much for loading up arms, for loading up weapons. Yep. She's. I mean, the other guys have to lift the stuff and get it onto the carriers or yeah. or whatever. You know, That's she can run over thing. there and help him out and just be there. That's another thing. I'd... I really, really, really like about the Bad Batch is Echo is missing an arm, and it is never an issue. And I love that because this is a guy who lost his arm in, in the war, in combat, and he's got a prosthetic. It's not a normal-looking prosthetic. It's you know something you, you stick in the computers. But he is just as capable as everyone else. I love that that's never a hang-up for them. Like, like yeah. yeah, they're like, hey, you need to load up the munitions. And he... And he is. I, I I just like that little bit of like, no one's like, oh, we we got to do it because Echo can't. I, I don't know. I just thought that was cool. Yeah, um, I'm with you. But yeah, so Omega goes to the bridge, and this is where we have that conversation we we're talking about. Um, first of all, yeah, Tech has figured out how to bring the uh, main system back online, and now he wants, uh, yeah, he wants uh, <laughs> Omega to download the information that we were talking about because they didn't wipe the system. They just hit delete. They didn't actually clean it. Um, yep. And this is when she asked him, so what was, because she's looking at all the broken ships. It's a really powerful image. Um, and did yeah. you notice there was a, a couple of Hammerhead Corvettes out there? Yeah. Yeah, from uh, Rogue One and from uh, Rebels. Have you seen Rebels? Rebels is awesome. I've heard that. So when she's looking at these ships, she, uh, she you know, it, it's a crazy display of former power. And so she asked Tech, you know, what, what was the war like? And this is where we get a good insight into Tech right here. It was a series of battles, engagements that took place over, I can't remember what exactly he said, but he gives a very... I actually typed this one out. War. It was a primary yeah. mission objective comprised of battles on various fronts. Yeah, so it gives a technical definition of war. And she says, no, what was it like? And he said, I, I told you. <laughs> That's Ted. Yeah. The only thing yeah. he cares about is his squad. And now at this point, you know, we want to have a little bit more. We want her to, to be more intuitive, but she notices the blinking button, which I thought was actually a really, really good 
uh, timing sequence. Because at that point, you know, Omega, she's she's as uh, she's probably more intuitive. You know, kids are going to ask questions and ask questions and ask questions, and she will ask even more. Um, you know, so you know it's in her personality to just push this issue. What are you talking about? Now, I don't need that. I need to know the feeling, the emotion. You know, like she's going to start pushing him for this, but she notices the blinking button, which is good because Tech's personality is not going to match up to that conversation very well. Yeah, um, and it would not have been it, it would not have been a, a a pleasant conversation, not not a bad or aggressive thing, but it just wouldn't have gone anywhere. Wouldn't have been helpful. Um, yeah. So it was yeah. really good writing to just be like, okay, we recognize that that this is what's going on, but she is immediately distracted. Like, hey, what's this? Um, it's a, it's a proximity detector, but it's probably just a glitch. And then three imperial shuttles fly by. Yeah, dun, they do. Dun, dun. And uh, yeah, and Tech calls Hunter. We got company, and he says scrappers. He says nope. It's the Empire. It's the Empire. We need to get out of here. And then and they, they cut back to Camino. And this is where yeah. we see Prime Minister Lamassu, and he says we can no longer uh, delay anymore. The mission, the Empire's mission on Braca, poses a threat to our contingency plan. Ah, now we uh, yeah. we have one mystery solved. Yeah. And and well, a number of them because we were wondering how close Lamasu and Nalase were on, on this whole Omega thing. Um, we knew that she was important to both of them, but you know we saw, thought for a little while that Nalase was was kind of acting alone and behind his back. Correct. Um, and that's now not happening. Know. So that that was solved as well. Um, yeah, we also know that they that, uh... sent Fennec Shand. Yeah. Um, They're the ones who put the bounty out for Omega alive. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So Bounty's out for her, but there he said, We gotta call in another and Nala says, like, what are you talking about? We have I I think what her argument was like, we have an arrangement with somebody, we can't break our arrangement. Like I think that was her entire argument. It seemed to um, be, yeah. We're we yeah. already hired someone to do this. And he's like, Well we're hiring someone else. Yeah, it's not working. We gotta hire somebody we gotta else. Get it done. The Empire's gonna kill played. the clones and then we're gonna be missing our premier clones. So it, it also goes back to suggesting there's something really, really unique about Omega. Because you notice they already have crosshair, uh, meaning the Kaminoans have access to crosshair. Um, right. He did want the Bad Batch alive, but the one he's willing to pay money to get back is Omega. So there's something about Omega that's even more special than the Bad Batch. So that's interesting, too. Yeah. Um, and speaking of the Bad Batch, we go back to Braca. And, and they uh, recognize who it is. I said, they see who it is. Yeah, we got a. It's a really cool scene uh, where the three Imperial shuttles have landed. They're using their binos and they see Crosshair coming out. He's got his guard. Now, it seems to me he's got a, a squad of stormtroopers, and then he's got like almost a company of clone troopers. It it. Be I don't know that they were clone troopers. I think they were his well, elite. Storms. In the in the subtitles, the one squad is ES for elite squad, like ES four, ES three, but the other guys are CT. So that's why I think they're clone. Oh troopers. right. Oh no no no. I, yeah, I think I think the rest of them are clone troopers still. Yeah, that's so this what I'm is, saying. This there's, is still really early. Squad. I think. Yeah, he's got yeah. that. He's got his one small elite squad, but I think everybody else there is clone troopers. Yeah, that was what I was saying. That I yeah, was yeah. wondering if they were going to start showing more and more stormtroopers. But it still seems like there's only like, well, there's only three because you killed one of them. There was four. Um, yeah, we definitely get to see CT eight five zero eight. Yeah. Um, later on. Yeah. No, um, he that he's just the one they call. Um, yeah. But when he sends them back, he says, "Take a shuttle and go find their ship." And they give the name of it. Well, well, they did. Does. But before that, or maybe after that, but right when he it's says that, go find their ship. Not we ever heard the name. Yeah, we were having a conversation about that for sure. Um, did you hear how the guy responded to him? Commander? Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, he said yes, Commander. Um, yeah, they were very deferential for finally. But of course those were So close. he's a he's a commander now. Yeah, he is. Crosshair. Um Crosshair's so that's his, doing that's real his... good. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he is. Um and then they go back to what's the ship name? Um, they want to go back to, I guess I should say. 
the Marauder, we find out. The Marauder. And we yeah. know this because it cuts back to Hunter and them are like, we got to get out of here. Uh, we're going to have to, you know, transverse the halls in such a way that we bypass Crosshair's people. And that's when Wrecker actually says the name of the ship. Uh, we got to get back to the Marauder. Um, yeah. And I, think, I feel like I've heard that, but I don't know if it's... They probably have said it. I just thought it was interesting that neither of us knew what it was. Because we couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Of course, I didn't look too hard. But they do find um, the ship, and they radio him back, and they're like, Commander, we found it. Nobody inside. It says secure the perimeter. So, you know, we know that even if they get back to their ship, there's at least a squad of uh, storm or clone troopers there waiting for them. Of course, a squad compared to the Bad Batch is nothing. I was still wondering, since they had used their stun beams on the scrappers, if they were going to use lethal force on the clone troopers, and they do. There's no stunning in this fight. Um, Correct. Um, yeah, so they're, in fact, they're in a little bit, it, uh, Wrecker gets his hands on one of the guys and just throws him right out of the ship. Uh, more than one. Which, yeah. I, apparently, <laughs> when you fall that distance, it doesn't matter, like with the scrapper. Um, well... Yeah, the stormtroopers or clone troopers didn't seem to like it. So Tech uh, breaks into Crosshair's comms to, in a way to try to avoid them, and you know they hear, oh, they're going to the hangar. So the Bad Batch is like, all right, we're going to the artillery deck. I love this Whoops. image because it is straight out of fan, um, Attack uh, Revenge of the Sith, um, the battle scenes, yep. those cannons and all that. So that's really really cool imagery. And they're looking out of the gun ports, and they're way up in the air, and Wrecker's like, uh, I'm not going out that way. Yeah, that's <laughs> not happening. I love that. Um, and yeah, the whoops, because all of a sudden, all the clone troopers come pouring in, and Crosshair's like, y'all are so predictable. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Which it makes sense that Crosshair would be able to predict what they were going to do, and that they would feed yeah. them the wrong intel on this, you know. That yeah, I mean that's that's yeah that's good military thinking right there. I'll tell you um, what I'm not super impressed by is is tech. Like he seems like he just does technology stuff because he can, but there's no there's there doesn't always seem to be a, a good reason. He's like, well, I can do this, so I'm going to. Well, but nobody's yeah. ever like, but should you do that because? Crosshair's out there. Like, I feel like there should have been, you know, there could have been more. Yeah, they did. It does seem like they were, it was bad that they didn't take into account that Crosshair could predict what they would do. Kind of what was going um, on, That they yeah. should have, like, Crosshair would know that their comms are compromised. But I do love this conversation. And it is Tech who comes up with a way out. He's like, uh, he, he tells Echo, hey, you need to fire up the battery and we're going to, we're going <laughs> to shoot off one of these cannons. He's like, that's going to destroy the whole deck. He's like, exactly. Because they're yeah, surrounded and completely outnumbered. And Omega, this is interesting because she she tries to talk Crosshair down. She's like, it's your inhibitor chip, her and Hunter both. And uh, he seems to be listening, and then he's like, kill the kid first. Yeah, <laughs> aim like, for the kid is what he says. That dang, was, um, man. Well, so and his orders are determining. Right. And I, I, well, and I think a lot of that was they're going to try to protect the kid, aim for the kid. And I, they hadn't taken any shots yet. Which I thought was kind of strange, um, because that was those were the orders were to terminate, and he says aim for the kid instead of just you know take them, or when they walked in and they were cornered to just shoot them all you know and I know it's TV show and all that you know you, you can't just shoot them all, but he's no. not being a good soldier because he's not following orders. Um, well, he thinks, but he does say aim for the kid. But even well, still. I don't know. But, of course, what happens is Tech's plan works. Echo gets one of the cannons online. Um, this is pretty cool. Because when the cannon goes off, I, again, the artwork here is incredible. Um, and we do see how the Bad Bats go into action. Fortunately for them, yes. Crosshair is knocked out during this exchange, and it's just the clone troopers versus the... Uh, Bad Batch, and the Bad Batch are just taking them out left and right, including Omega. She gets a couple and that of happens, awesome shots in. Yeah, she gets her bow. She's been working on her strength for her bow, which was cool. Yeah. Um, th and that actually happens Rick twice in this episode him. with... Yeah, and tosses him. He throws him out of the port, yeah. And then um, he picks up his proton torpedo and starts walking away. 
But twice, Crosshair is kind of out of commission, and that's how they eventually will will leave for the day. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was interesting. And that's And it was... The nice thing was it wasn't it wasn't a convenient writing point um, the way that you sometimes get where you're like, okay, Crosshair got knocked out twice, great. No, it actually fit really well. In fact, most of the clone troopers that were there were completely crushed. Um, yeah. You know, arguably, you'd be more likely to go, well, it's kind of weird that he survived um, when the other ones didn't, but... You yeah, know, it was. It, it wasn't well. a. It wasn't a convenient knockout, so they could get away. It. It was, part of the plan, part of the story. We saw a flame trooper. And yeah, and this part was yeah, awesome. Is, so they're getting away at this point, except for a flame trooper steps up, you know. And those guys are scary. And then this is where Wrecker takes his his last proton torpedo, and he throws it at him. Direct I wrote. Hit. I put in quotes. I put in quotes. Launches. Yeah. He just, just hits this guy with this giant metal canister. Um, <laughs> so they get away, and then the next scene, they're like entering this gigantic uh, chamber, um, which of course is an engine. Or yeah, or the ion engine chamber. Yeah, the ion engine chamber, and it's yep. it's massive. It's a, it's a, so they're way up in the air on the side of this gigantic cylinder wall. Um, it's cool. Um, it is cool. It, and they're trying to make their way out of the ship through, you know... We get a really good port. Omega Wrecker conversation here again. Yeah? Because she goes... Or she said, she goes... She goes, I've never been inside of an ion engine before. <laughs> yeah. He goes, it, it'd be weirder if you had. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and while they're trying to make their way through there, we see Crosshair get himself uh, kind of up and back together. And his bell has been rattled, man. His bell's been rung, rather. Because um, he's still, like, he's shaking his head and stuff, trying to get his, himself together. Um, and he calls in a shuttle. And he he knows where they're going to go. So okay, he well, jumps is that out maybe of the... Why, uh, uh, huh? So I was going to say, is that maybe why in a moment here, when he catches them at the edge, he misses... Yeah, I was thinking about that. He is off, definitely, and I think that this is why. Because when he gets up from this, he is shaking his head and like banging his helmet, like we saw Wrecker doing when yeah. his inhibitor chip that, started malfunctioning. That makes a little and, bit more sense for me because at first I was like, "Oh, he missed to trap them," but I'm like, "That doesn't make any sense. He'd still trap them if he took one of them out. <laughs> There's no reason for him to miss." No, I think his chip um, is malfunctioning because he is he is a. You know, different clone. He's the inhibitor chip must work somewhat differently for him. Um, right. Well, and they've enhanced his. His is crazy. So. So yeah, there's no telling what sort of malfunction he might have. So he's he's called his shuttle and he's getting out the side of the ship and he's like, they're going aft, and he has correctly once again guessed which way they're going. And he's got a plan. He sends some of the clone troopers back to the bridge because uh, Tech is very kindly fired up the main systems on the ship. <laughs> and so while these guys are trying to climb out the, uh, the uh, basically the exhaust port on the main engine, like you said, uh, um, as they're trying to get out, Crosshair takes a shot and he misses. And then he, uh, yeah, he says, we've got you surrounded. And sure enough, they've got a bunch of clones and Crosshair himself sitting there with Overwatch, so they can't get out of the engine. So they say, well, we better double back. And that's when we realize they're going to turn the engine on. Dun, dun, dun. I love, I love that conversation. They said, it sounds like they're turning the engine on. And Hunter looks at Tech and says, but that's not possible, right? And so, well. <laughs> well. I, t I turned the bower on, so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's possible. possible, right? They said, technically it is. <laughs> I restored the ship's main power core. Yeah. I, I like Tech how dry he is like he doesn't have a sense of humor which makes it funny yeah and I like Omega's it's it's fascinating because she's like I mean basically they're going to be burned alive inside this engine and she's like Crosshair wouldn't do that right like she still believes Crosshair is redeemable which he is redeemable as they get the inhibitor chip out but like she thinks he can break that sort of and we've seen a couple times now with Rex and Ahsoka and with Wrecker and Omega earlier that they cannot break this. They they can't 
they can't overcome the inhibitor chip. No clone has done that so far. Right. So that's interesting. But how are they going to get out of this mess? They can't go out because Crosshair's got them pinned down, and they can't stay in there because the engine's firing up. And they can't have a way to uh, to sell explosives back because that would give them money. And yeah, so we gotta get rid of the explosives. They've got a great load of thermal detonators. Yeah, they do. And they're gonna so let's plant them all around here and just bust the cylinder off. Yeah, they're going to break the, the engine in half so that the part they're in falls away from the ship. Um, and I love, the, again, this is where we see Omega as an integral part of the scene, uh, of the of the team. Hunter knows his team, so Echo or uh, Tech and Wrecker stay low because they got to plant these things around the outside of this uh, or you know inside of this engine compartment. And it's pretty tall. Do we tall. know what Plan 7 is yet? No, I don't think so. Is, I don't think that's something we've heard yet. Yeah, because the record did say, let's do Plan 7, and uh, I think it's, yeah, Echo's like, that doesn't even make sense. Plan 7 has nothing to do with this situation whatsoever. Yeah. That was the line, I was like. So, yeah, they successfully, as the engine's firing up, uh, they their part breaks off, and inadvertently redirects the blast of this thing right at Crosshair. Knocks his helmet off and clearly burns his face and body pretty badly. Um, so that's going to be yeah. interesting to see what the ultimate price is for this, because I think his, his right, his left eye rather, seems to be out of commission. Um, he, yeah, it, it's bad, and he's radioing in to the clone trooper, turn it off, turn it off, and then he just collapses, and he's smoldering. Yeah, so... Meanwhile, the Bad Batches, their part has worked, sort of. They've fallen away, but the, in the all the craziness... Hunter and Omega end up in one area, and uh, Wrecker, Tech, and Echo in another area, and Hunter just tells them, we'll meet you back at the ship. Now, we know at the ship there's a bunch of clone troopers waiting, and um, there's more clone troopers coming to, to help uh, Crosshair. Yeah. And they do they triage him, and they're calling him Commander. You need a medic. Yep. Um, and he says, and he hold on, go to the ship. They're heading to the ship. Get to the ship. CT-8508. Yeah. Yeah. They're calling CT-8508, but he's not answering. Because now we pan back to the ship, to the Marauder, where Hunter and Omega are heading. Out. There's a bunch of dead clone troopers around it. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And Omega's, what happened to them? I love this. Hunter knows it's not scrappers, man. Scrappers aren't taking no. out a, a group of clone troopers. And then we see it. Who is it? It is... You say it. Cad Bane. Yeah, it's Cad Bane. I love it. And he says, it wasn't that much work. It wasn't much work. Oh, they, they then, hit the western angle of Cad Bane so hard here. I wrote classic Filoni western. Yep, that's exactly what this is. He's leaned, you know, he's got his cowboy looking hat on. He's got his toothpick. He's leaned up against the wall. He's got his blaster low slung on his hip. Um, he's like, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't much, uh, work, wasn't that hard. And, yeah, I expected to hear the... <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, he's there for Omega, and he t he's he got that little robot. Now, it's not the same, it's the same model, but it can't be the same robot, because he destroyed one of those robots in the Clone Wars. Right. That which was awesome. Um... Yeah, it was. And they, they did a good job with the uh, kind of build-up here because uh, Hunter, you know, is like, Omega, get behind me. And Cat Bane gives this line about, I've taken down so many of you clone troopers. Once you figure one out, the rest of you are easy. And, of course, we know, and Hunter knows, he's not he's no ordinary clone. He even says yeah. you're in for a surprise. And Cat Bane being Cat Bane says, I doubt that. Now, we've seen Cat Bane kill Jedi. This guy right. is no joke. Yeah, we weren't um, we weren't expecting this to go Hunter's way. Um, yeah. I, well, I wondered. All. I'm like, just how good is Hunter? He's He can't be Cad Bane good, can he? But I did wonder. And they, they do the classic show off, showdown where they, they stand there, you know, and it's going to be a, a quick draw, just like in the Westerns. Yeah. And it was cool. It was cool. It was... It was cool, and Cad Bane it, was faster. He was faster, 
Um, yeah, because they, they draw almost... It's close, though. Hunter gets off a shot, misses, though, and hits uh, Cad Bane's droid. The Cad Bane doesn't miss and hits him dead center. Which is... Did you think... Did you have any doubts about whether or not Hunter lived? I was wondering. And, you know, I was actually wondering this earlier in the episode when... It was, it was actually right when Hunter and Omega were going before I realized how badly um, Crosshair was hurt. Yeah. When it was Hunter and Omega, I kind of got to a point where I was like, you know, if if one of them didn't make it, and it could be Hunter at this point, you know, he has to send her away and Hunter gets either captured or killed by, by Crosshair and his team, but Omega gets away, um, then... You know, it would be a whole new driving force for them. Yeah, um, they'd I, I had a the Star Wars red. Avengers, um, but yeah, that's I had kind of had that thought too. I was like, "That's that's a shot right in the chest." And they say later on, he got shot in the chest plate. Yeah, and I'm like, "Well, well, they do make a big show of just how bad he's injured, but they like so we actually don't know what happened to hunter of course by the end we know hunter survives but um there's there was a few minutes there where i was like i don't think he's alive i was like yeah. could they go there they they might have gone there um and they go back to crosshair and like you said we see how badly he's injured he has a respirator now um he's all bandaged except for his right eye yep. i mean they've got his, his left leg, leg is, in a splint yeah so he's he's messed up um, his his yeah. right arms in a, in a sling, um, yeah, he's broken. Um, I'm wondering if he's not going to have some sort of a Darth Vader type respirator thing from now on, like if his lungs got scorched. Um, yeah. And then you we switch and it's dark and you just hear Echo saying, "Hunter, wake up!" And then we get this weird first person view. I don't think we've seen this in Star Wars or Clone it Wars. It was really before. cool. It's this first person rescue of Hunter, where it's like it was really more like a video game. Yeah. Like at the start of a game when you kind of yes, just come was. to and the battle's like the going on around you and stuff. It's the game Dead Space actually looks very much like this. That's cool. Um, yeah, so you see through Hunter's visor as, he's, as he comes awake and he's clearly hurt pretty bad and Wrecker's yelling at him, where's, where's Omega? Where's Omega? And Tech's like, look, he's hurt. We got to get him on board. And then you see, and all this is from Hunter's point of view. So he, the vision's all kind of messed up. He sees... He's looking at Wrecker, and Wrecker's just shooting behind him. And so we see Hunter scrambles onto the ship. And as they're getting onto the ship, then it finally breaks that perspective. And they show the ship taking off. And then we see Hunter, and he appears to be alive. He's hurt, but he's alive. And he says, uh, he took Omega. And they said, who, Crosshair? And he said, no, a bounty hunter. Dun-dun-dun. We have to find her. We have to find her. Which is crazy because it's just like the War of the Bounty Hunters and the hunt for Han Solo. Um, and it's all coming out at the same time. So. How are they going to find her? We have to find me? her. I don't even know I gave how to thought. figure this out. I gave this some thought. There's, there are Sid? very few people who know. No, I mean, it can't be Sid. How many people even know that Omega exists? Then it's but if Omega is the target... It, Finnick Shand knows everything. As far as she knows, it's Lamasu, and she knows it's Omega. Like, what Shand, I'm saying is... Oh, Finnick Shand might be upset, like uh, Nala, say, predicted. Turned on her, but, but even still, they should be able to figure out that it was either the Empire... Or the Kaminoans. On Kamino, or the Kaminoans, because nobody else knows that Omega even exists. That's true. The only people that could have put a bounty out are the people on Camino. That's um, true. But yeah, so like, it, it should be. Going, though? It should like, be a. It should Shand, be a likely find. This is going to be like the War of the Bounty Hunters, where yeah. uh, Fennec Shand is kind of the Boba Fett in this, where you know Omega was her target and now been you know picked off by another bounty hunter. Now. Finnick Shan versus Cad Bane. I don't think there's much. Cad Bane is one of the toughest characters in all of Star Wars. No, no, nothing yeah. against Finnick Shan, but she's, well, unless, she's maybe 20 years old at this point. And unless Cad she Bane, gets the drop on him, because she's a major sharpshooter. She um, is. That's true. That's her. So if she gets set. the drop on him, that could be that could be how it goes down. That's but Cad true. Bane is is overall like 
He's the he's he's the most force usery non force user. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, he took like, on uh, he took on Obi Wan and uh, what's the surfer dude Jedi? Quinlan Vos. Quinlan Vos. And they could not get him. Um, he uh, he straight up killed at least one Jedi. Um, I feel like he killed more than one. Yeah. Yeah. He's a nasty he, dude. Um, yeah, he broke into the Jedi Temple, uh, blew up part of it, um, stole a holocron. <laughs> There's also a yeah. chance that we're here to, to learn his fate. I've, I've wondered that. Um, supposedly, where was the story? There's a story about him having a gun gunslinger moment with Boba Fett. Um, or was that, am I remembering, was that in Clone Wars? Boba Fett was just a kid in Clone Wars, though. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like there is a moment. I can't, I'll have to look at where that is. Um, or maybe it's just not canon. It might have been a fan-made thing about Cad... I think it was a fan-made thing. Cad Bane. You mean where Cad Bane Fett. shows up in the Book of Boba Fett? That, that would mean he'd survive all of this. Uh, okay. I like Cad Bane. I do, too. <laughs> like, I, I want him I mean, to survive. He's one of my favorite villains. And he is definitely yeah. a villain. There's nothing really redeemable about this guy at all, except for he's cool. Um, he's cool looking, he's, he's powerful, he's, he's smooth, but he never has those moments where he's like, eh, he's also kind of a good guy. He, he, like Boba Fett does. Uh, you don't, you don't have that with the well, uh, campaign. Bo Boba Fett does now. Yeah, Boba Fett does now, yeah. But, um, well, even young Boba Fett, when he was with Aura Singh and all yeah, that. Yeah, but he was he, he wrestled with, uh, with, like, he actually seemed to have a conscience. Like, his dad seemed to have a conscience. Boba Fett in Clone Wars was a, uh, and in, and in Attack of the Clones, was a, was, was the kind of the, the kid in the show, and not because of the actor or anything, but, but was the kid that I found annoying. Unlike Omega. Like, Omega is, is great in the story. I don't story. know, because, I, I, did, I didn't like the Boba Fett episodes. I, I... Did um, I didn't like I didn't like Boba Fett in the Boba Fett episodes. It wasn't the episodes. I, did. But I didn't like. And here's what character. I liked about him. I well, liked good for you. Well, let me explain. You know what? If we're gonna disagree about stuff, maybe we shouldn't be podcasting anymore. You're missing here, um, because yeah, for the most part, you're right. He's kind of this uh, almost bratty kid. He just wants to yeah. kill people. Um, and there's a whole story arc where he's trying to kill Mace for killing Django, which I thought was actually a pretty good story arc. He almost kills yeah. Anakin and Mace. Um, but when they set out to get Aura Singh, and she uses, uh, so that was Ahsoka and, um, and Plo Koon, uh, she uses Boba Fett basically as a human shield, and that is one of the more powerful moments in, certainly in the Boba Fett story, but in, in, even in Clone Wars, because the sense of betrayal that he has at that point, because... He kind of saw Aura Singh as like a mother figure to him. And she just sells him out in an instant to get to try to escape. And this is, yeah. of course, where she steals Slave One. Ahsoka jumps on it and cuts off one of the wings, and it crashes, and that led to the debate, is that still Jenga's ship, or did Aura Singh get killed in it? Or we don't even know what happened with that because they never went back to it. We had verification that ship. it is Slave One. It was yeah, in the comic book uh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Yeah, it's my dad's ship. Two weeks ago, last week. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it was sometime it was last week, or no, it was the week before last. Yeah, I said that was. Yeah, Boba Fett made the comment that it was his dad's ship. But anyway, so I did like the kid Boba Fett because we. I thought in that moment we saw Boba Fett kind of become who he becomes in the Mandalorian. This guy who right. like I'm a, I'm a bad I'm a bad guy and then all of a sudden he saw what a bad guy really was and was like no I'm I'm not actually I'm I'm not like her um, I, I like that that he when you know push came to shove he did have a sense of loyalty um, that a yeah. true bad guy doesn't have and that's what I mean Cad Bane doesn't <laughs> Cad Bane's loyal to Cad Bane to get to bring the whole circle conversation you know full circle yeah Cad Bane's yeah. truly a villain. Even more so than and he Vader is. in some and ways. And beyond, beyond that, you know that Cad Bane has to be uh, financially comfortable enough to do whatever he wants at this point. Um, to go through Maybe. all the stuff that he's gone through and, and work all the stuff that he's worked and to be as good as he is, you know that he's gotten paid already. 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's good enough. I would argue that he's done enough jobs that he should be financially well enough off, even if he's not making much. Um, he gets to a point where, and well, you know, he's got that attitude. He'll walk up to the people that are trying to hire him and go, mm, if you pay me a little more. And they'll be like, okay. So he should be well enough off. We could see that. That could be the story. This could be the retirement story when he gets back and gets paid by uh, the Kaminoans. Well, they pay him off big, and he's just like, that's yeah. Him. I mean, all a Camino is a he could he's gonna build a beach on those crazy oceans. There you go. <laughs> all right. We didn't have well, Django's old space. That's the recap. So we're uh, hoping to see a nice showdown with Cad Bane. Um, how many episodes we got left in the season? That was episode eight. Six more? No, that can't uh, be right. Eight more? Eight more. I think it's eight more. Yeah, I think it's 16. Yeah, 16 episodes. Yep. So we're halfway there. Living oh, on a prayer. I knew it. There. I knew it. All right. Are we going to talk any Loki? Probably should wrap this up. Yeah, we did talk Loki a bit. Yeah, it was really, really, really good. If you haven't been watching Loki, it's you should. So good. And Go check watch out the Sci Fi Super Show. I think they're talking about it on there. Yeah. yeah. But we'll I think we're done. More next week. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's it for now. So I'm Jim. I'm Tim. And this has been... Our, our certain, certain point of view. Point of view. Uh, we have spoken. This is the way. May the force be with you. Always. And also with you. After all this all time. Right. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Audio one.